I've always heard about child care issues from everywhere, but it is. It's a national issue. There are child care shortages everywhere, and COVID really brought those to the forefront because child care centers closed and people were at home having to figure out how to work remotely and care for their children at the same time. And it really brought the attention to the forefront for people during that time. And, and it really has not, it has gotten better over time, but it's been a tricky area and slower to recover from COVID than almost any other area. The Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Community Foundation, inspiring people to give back, to sustain, and advance the community that we love. To learn more, visit givedoorcounty.org. Hello and welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. I'm Miles Danhausen Jr., writer and editor at the Peninsula Pulse. And today we're going to talk childcare, something we've talked about several times on the podcast over the last four or five years. We've done a lot of reporting on this issue. I mean, it continues to evolve. Each step forward, it seems like there's a hiccup and then we got to, we got to rebuild. And to talk to me about it are two people who know a lot about this. Amy Conley, the executive director of the United Way of Door County. Amy, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. And Molly Gary, the Child Care Community Coordinator for United Way. Thank you, Molly. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Miles. It's great to be here. Amy is a, a veteran of the podcast. And uh, Molly, this is your first time in our tight, cozy little quarters here. This child care issue has evolved so much in the four years since, Amy, I know you and I first started having some conversations about it because, of course, I had a kid on the way and I was like, suddenly I care about child care. And I realized, <laughs> wow, this is huge. And It was before that. You're like, I kind of get it, Amy. Okay, we can talk child care, housing. Yep, we can talk those things. And then you're like, um, this is personal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and sadly, that does color what you cover as a journalist and that's well, okay sadly, or Absolutely. for the better um i mean sadly from the standpoint of you know i wish i had that full perspective earlier and even though i had i'm one of six kids and i grew up at my kids feet in the grocery in the the store that we had in egg harbor growing up and you know child care wasn't really an issue back then because it wasn't as expensive to live up here right now and you could get away with your kids just like kind of running around the store. And it seemed like right. everybody up here, their parents either ran the farm, ran some retail shop, had the winters off, you know, yeah. off doing odd jobs or whatever. But right. like, or it was just more common to say, you're five, you can be on your own now. <laughs> yeah. Or you had older siblings. Who or knows? you had older, like, older siblings. Which was the older. case with me. I was going to say, yeah. so for you, Miles, I know you had the older siblings there. And yeah, so between the store and siblings... They didn't really have to worry about where you were going to be during the day. And so until you have kids or until you know someone who you are really close to who is going through this struggle, you hear about, oh, there's this childcare shortage or there's a wait list or it's so expensive. And you're just like, yeah, whatever. I'm going about my day. And then you're hit with it and you realize how much it impacts people. So you don't have childcare. And this happens to me. I think I was, I don't know if I was on a Zoom with you, Amy, the day this happened or a different time, but like my, my kid was homesick. I, of course, was, you know, walking around with a 30-pound bag of poop at that point. Um, but, um, yeah, and you just can't work. And you got to right. be in that uncomfortable situation right. where, in my case, luckily I am one of the bosses, but you got to tell your coworkers, I can't be there today. Or if you are the employee, you got to call your boss and swallow your pride and, and use a sick day or 
or beg for forgiveness and take care of your kid. Right. Well, in canceled right. meetings, whatever those obligations were for the day, because your kid is sick. But think, you know, if you're moving here and you've got a two-year-old and you want to accept this brand new job, and you amazingly found housing, right? Yeah. Let's just right. pretend you found housing. <laughs> um, but then you find out that there's a hundred people ahead of you on the wait list at the child care. Well, we all know that goes pretty slow, yeah. you know, because kids start out in the infant room, then the toddler room, then the two-year-old room. Some centers now have a two-and-a-half-year-old room, but sometimes it's a whole two- to three-year-old yeah. room. So right. it's a long time to get your kid in. Yes. And at a time when we're all desperate for workers, too. So it's right. hitting workforce. It hits families. It hits the pocketbook. So we started talking about this four years ago. When I forgot what you called it at that time, but you kind of made it like your the United Way's headline issue. Yeah, you know, we we never got around to actually naming it. We had <laughs> we, it was February of 2020, and we had a meeting in Sturgeon Bay, and we had elected officials, community members, a summit essentially, talking about the state of childcare and what we plan to do. Yeah, February, mm, March. Luckily, Christina worked for us at the time, and she just rolled with it. And when I said, we got to keep doing this, figure out what this Zoom thing is, figure out how to do it virtually, and we kept our work moving forward. Because that really little thing called a pandemic interrupted the workforce. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it set us up perfect for then when those workforce innovation grants came out. We were actually ready and had an application because we had worked during that yeah, time. You guys had started the process, started gathering information. What spurred it at the time that you guys thought we really need to dive into childcare? Were you just hearing a lot about shortages, the costs associated with it? The cost had always been an issue. When I got here back in 1999, at that point, we were already funding scholarships for families who couldn't afford care. So the cost had always been a thing. But the shortage impacting then our workforce was really what pushed us to it. Because if we can't find employees, and now we still see this, right? We can't hire because of housing or child care. So what can we do to create more options? And if I think back to that, I'm trying to as we were talking before we hopped on the podcast, the fog of COVID makes you go like, what happened first? What was the order of things? But Sturgeon Bay, the Barker Center, abruptly announced that they would be closing. And there were some rumors in advance, but I think kind of everyone was like, well, they wouldn't actually close. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, the why is getting out of this business. But yeah. you guys had already decided you were going to kind of attack this childcare thing before that even, right? Well, we were part of the conversations that had happened in 2019 where the Y was bringing business leaders, community leaders together to say, hey, the financial situation with our childcare isn't so great. You know, we want to build community around this to see how we can keep it open. Okay. So we knew that it might be coming, but that wasn't the primary reason. Okay. But yes, then in June of 2020 is when the Barker Center, the YMCA, made that announcement, and we went a few weeks without a child care center until the new owner stepped in and got that up and running. And just for the, the listeners who aren't super familiar with it, the Barker Center is a child care center that at the time was run by the YMCA and had about 80 kids in it. And when that happened, you had a lot of businesses suddenly take an interest in childcare. It always been like, yeah, we think that's great, but like, yeah, we, we're not really going to get interested. And then suddenly that temporary closure and almost for good closure 
got a lot of business leaders to be like, okay, let's, let's approach this because even like Brian Stevens at the hospital and credit to them coming forward. And he's like, you know, we can't afford, we have seven employees with who rely on that right now, who may not be able to work for us. We can't lose seven. We're struggling. We're spending so much money to try and attract one person for a position all the time. Right. We can't lose seven that we already have. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like, from a retention standpoint, it's almost like low hanging fruit of like, how do we just provide childcare so you stay in the workforce? Exactly. You know, what can businesses do to help support childcare? So is that giving a benefit to their employees, which we're piloting a program like that, that Molly can talk about more? Is it just making that campaign contribution, an annual donation to a nonprofit center? What does that look like and feel like? So Molly, taking it to you now, how long have you been in this role? So I've been in this role for almost a year now. I started at the end of February last year and uh, worked remotely for a few weeks until we moved back here to Door County. But So you've been diving in, get, getting well acquainted with this, and, and fortunately it's not a it's not a regional-specific issue. This is going on all around the country. Door County has its own unique challenges, but it's not like, hey, Door County introduced me to child care struggles. <laughs> right. It absolutely is an issue. And I've been in education, so I've always heard about you know child care issues from everywhere. But it is. It's a national issue. Um, there are child care shortages everywhere. And, and the pandemic, COVID, really brought those to the forefront because child care centers closed and people were at home having to figure out how to work remotely and care for their children at the same time. And it really brought the attention to the forefront for people during that time. And, and it really has not, it has gotten better over time, but it's been a tricky area and slower to recover from COVID than almost any other area. Yeah, it's like one of those... Uh... <laughs> The struggle for childcare is almost like a, not to make light of it, but almost like a PTSD thing where you have your kids, you go through it, and it is like an overwhelming part of your life. And then once your kids get out, you kind of go on as if like, okay, I'm, I'm moving on. It's not an issue. So you, you actually see that almost colored out in our legislature in that yeah, if you're a legislator, you're almost predominantly in your grandparenting stage. So you're beyond that. <laughs> so yeah. It's like yes. it's hard to make it a, a bellwether issue. In these like four to five years, we've got the Barker Center gets saved. Mm-hmm. Right. And we just talked about this in the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Alexis Fuller and a group comes together to save the the Barker Center and reopen it and now create a whole new child care center with additional spaces for more children. Then Northern Door Children's Center starts expanding because they started to have a boom and in, in, in Sister Bay you had in two, 2010 you had 22 kids under the age of five just in the village of Sister Bay by census numbers in 2020 it's 101 so yeah. a five, <laughs> five times over increase in just the village not counting those surrounding communities and we all know like each of these schools or each of these centers serves much more than whatever that community is that they are located in they launch a capital campaign they get involved in, in these United Way discussions and, and working through some state grants. And COVID happens in the middle of this and actually makes money available. So I, I actually wonder, and I'm curious about either of your take on this, but like, do you think some of the progress that we've made happens without COVID? I think our progress would be very different. Um, yeah. You know, I think we would have made progress, but we wouldn't have a $3.5 million investment from the Workforce Innovation Grant, which is ARPA money. We also have county ARPA money, a 
300 and some thousand dollars to work on child care. So like we weren't having to knock on individuals doors in mm. the community or businesses in the community and say, hey, want to invest $100,000 in this child care work? It was a lot of work to write the grant. It's a lot of work for the reporting. But when I continue to look back on the pandemic and try to find those silver linings, this is kind of one of those, right? It gave us this opportunity to pull a very large amount of money with, you know, being marketed essentially as a pilot. And that's what's great. We're allowed to try new and different things. So like Northern Door Children's Center, all Cindy wanted at that point was a wall. Great. We gave her $50,000. She built a wall so she could start the 4K program. And that was a one-year pilot that first year with Gibraltar School District. She was able then to have 4K kids at the Children's Center. The money that follows kids from the DPI then went to Gibraltar, but then went to Northern Door Children's Center. So she's making some money. We're not going to say a lot of money, (laughs) but she's making some money by offering that program. So that's where we look at. We invested $50,000. This is now something that the governor can take to other communities if they're not already doing community-based 4K to say, hey, are you able to do this? Because this is some money that can come in to help offset that loss in your child care business. And for the listeners who don't know, if you have a a baby in a child care center, you need one teacher for every four. Right. If you have four-year-olds, you need one teacher for every 13. So the economics work much better if you have the four-year-olds. But a daycare center needs to handle all those ages. And if they lose the four-year-olds to a free 4K program at the school, they lose basically the only profit center in a child care setting. So that's why it was really important to have that DPI money flow through the school to the child care centers. And the child care center then often will provide the wraparound care as Northern Door does. Yes. You mentioned, when you say she just wanted to build a wall, what do you mean by that? (laughs) So by being able to put in... Not a border wall. No, (laughs) not that kind of wall. (laughs) By being able to put in one of those, like if you're in a banquet facility, you know how the wall slides into like a compartment, like a box essentially. So this is what one of those is, to make a big room into two smaller classrooms. Mm -hmm. And so that was a $50,000 investment. And that's, you know, she had been talking capital campaign, but really hadn't said we're going to make an expansion yet. Mm -hmm. And then during 2020, well, early 2019 and into 2020, right before COVID, Northern Door Children's Center had also decided they wanted to do a capital campaign, but that got put on hold. Um, So what started as really put a capital on hold, let's just build a wall so we can offer 4K, then turned into now phase one of their capital is done. They've got partial expansion done if people have not driven by yet. It's beautiful. And now they're looking at phase two of expansion. And it's really great the way it worked out because they'll always be able to offer service. So you're not going to hear Miles, oh my God, we have to close for two weeks because of construction. (laughs) She actually is able to keep serving kids now in that existing space. And I am very grateful for that Um, (laughs) because I have two kids there now. So they're going to expand. When that's all said and done, they'll have a greatly expanded capacity as well. So that center and the Sturgeon Bay Center have new capacity and both of those are owed in large part to that ARPA money that came through, but also 
even if it didn't produce money, like the fact that people were home trying to work and take care of their kids, that it just like for the entire country, it kind of tossed out that idea of like, oh, you can just work at home with your kids and you have a home office. Like it's just that simple. And it made people really value that childcare in a different way, which made better advocates for it and, and changed legislation. And you had the child care counts program in Wisconsin, which I know the governor has spoke about trying to get renewed funding for. And then we have now potentially a new center opening up in Sturgeon Bay very soon in the old Barker location. Yes. Unfortunately, we also have Zion's closure in Jacksonport, which takes away what we had talked about a lot in those discussions is that middle hub, right? that middle door facility. Right. You know, I think we all know somebody who lives mid-county, works in Sturgeon Bay, but had to take their kids to Northern Door Children's Center Mm -hmm. because that's where the opening was. I can think of four friends immediately off the top of my head when I say that. So you think about the strain on the family, the extra time and the commitment. So I'm going to drive from, we'll just say Bailey's because that's where I'm sitting right now. I'm going to drive from Bailey's up to Sister Bay to drop my kiddo off. I'm going to drive back down through Bailey's to Sturgeon Bay to go to work. And then either myself or my partner are going to make sure we leave work on time to drive past our house in Bailey's, back to Sister Bay to get our kiddo, and then back to Bailey's. And we we see the same thing. We have mid-county folks going out to adventures in Southern Door because that is the only option too. So yeah, when we talk about wait lists or some are using even Algoma, Luxembourg mm-hmm. providers. So it really is wherever they can provi- find that childcare. But if you're driving an extra hour, hour and a half every day, the time, I mean, yes, you're with your kids, but also time away from your kids, family time, feeding your kids at odd hours, all of the extras, plus the wear and tear in your vehicle. So when you talk expense for your family budget, paying for childcare is bad enough. Now you're putting on how many extra hundreds of miles per week. And lost time. And yeah, it's time with your kids, but that, that time can be great. If they're in a chatty, fun, inquisitive mood that just cracks you up, or it can be a nightmare. Like if they're when, screaming for they're, forty minutes, right. I live two minutes from Northern Door Children's <laughs> Center. I am so fortunate, and I barely get it done. I barely get them there on time. I barely pick them up on time. Keep up with my work. I don't know if somebody if if you added like a five minute portion to that drive, it's like my day is toast. And yeah. the great thing is, if my kids are having a tantrum. In those two minutes, I just hand them off to the people that take it. <laughs> just give them to Cindy and Sue and go, here, here here's a tantrum. Go walk away. No, um, no I try not to, but really, it, it's over. It is. You know, yeah. right. If, right. if you're having a tantrum and you got to drive 40 minutes, that might be 40 minutes. And so that, that yeah. gets into yeah. all the, the yeah. parent-specific stuff. But, like, yeah, but that's it's hard. where, you that's... know, Zion was serving 60 kids when they were open, and that still wasn't even meeting that mid-county need. So, right. you know, the people right. I'm thinking of that were driving, that was when Zion was open. So now we know there's 60 families, probably let's just estimate 40 kids maybe, or 60 kids, 40 families. Yeah. I got that right. <laughs> um, but, you know, who are now driving even other places. So, you know, home-based providers have been part of our work from the beginning, and we haven't talked about that much today, but that's really what we feel, at least at this time, that mid-county effort really needs to be, is folks who are willing to be childcare providers in their home and take in three, four kids. 
Yeah. I think we know there's a there's a real value for home-based providers. Lots of families like that. We know that children should be with other children. They should have good influences in their lives, but sometimes they're not. It's not the best thing for them to be in a larger population sort of thing like Mm -hmm. that, like a center. A home-based works better for some families, for some children. So home-based providers are an essential part of our child care network in any community and, and here in Door County especially. And we really are hoping that can meet the need in the central part of the county. And um, we're working hard to recruit new home-based providers right now because there is a value in it. And surprisingly enough, if you become a licensed provider, you can actually make some money being a home-based <laughs> provider. It can be a good source of income, and especially if you're home with your children anyway. Um, mm. You can start your own business and, and make some money and have other children for your children to play with and, and really make a contribution to your community. Are you getting much interest? We are getting a little bit of interest. We had we had a good turnout. We had an information session last week, and we had four people come. But considering we had done two weeks' worth of advertising, sure. I felt like four people was a good response. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a good start, and we'll keep going. This is, a, this is a long campaign. We're going to keep advertising and keep talking about it for the next several months. And I, I'm hoping that we will pick some up along the way. If we get four people every two weeks, that will be in great shape. You know, so. speaking of the need, this just made me think of when you're talking about home-based providers, and that might take the form of an all-day person. It might be a half-day type of situation. But Peninsula Preschool is another part of this puzzle that has faded away right. just this year as well. So that's another, not a full day, not at the level of NDCC or a 4K at the school well, actually, about like a 4K, um, mm-hmm. where in Ephraim, they would, you know, three to four hours a day, and you could take mm-hmm. your kids there. That's gone for a lot yes. of people, too. So Right. The Y has picked up some of that, though. Mm-hmm. I, the Y started, a, the Door County YMCA in the Sturgeon Bay started a new preschool program this year. Mm-hmm. And so they have, they've really brought that back to the county, I think, mm. um, and are doing some good things in with their three- and four-year-old programming. And there. in Northern and Door, the Ridges will be starting their 4K that's community right. choice mm-hmm. now in September. So yeah. Gibraltar parents will actually have three options for 4K. So they can either go to Gibraltar Public School mm-hmm. or Northern Door Children's Center or the Ridges program. So, And in fact, beyond, mm-hmm. I guess... I mean, you can be in this vast school district right. as well. You could, yeah, if, if you, you choose right. to open enroll, then, yeah. you know, so since it's part of the 4K program, you would have to go through that early school registration and that open enrollment process. But, yeah, mm-hmm. really anybody could take their kids to those programs. My wife and I are doing the, the hurdles right now. It's like, well, we love the outdoors idea of the ridges, but would that require wraparound care? And how do we like, yeah. you, you got to do all that how do you logistics. Out? Um, yeah. My wife is traveling for work. This week again. So mm. there, there's limited time to make. When I talk about my drive having to be like dead on, like that's. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Molly, you, you were talking about those home based providers, and I think a lot of people get worried about the rules, the regulations, or the costs. So, do you want to talk about where we're at with how we can help? Absolutely. I would love to. So starting a home-based business, no matter what you're going to do, obviously requires some investment. Fortunately, again, because of those ARPA dollars, we have grant money available for people who are interested in starting a home-based childcare. And there are things, you know, if you're going to be licensed, then you have to have a fenced-in play area in your backyard. 
we can help you with the fencing. There are some safety requirements that, you know, some gates and and electrical plugs and, and other kinds of things that you may need for your home to be either certified or licensed. We can help you with those sorts of expenses. We have that grant money available right now. This is a good year to start a home-based childcare business because we have the money available. That money is not going to be there ultimately. If people have thought about it, this would be the time to do it. But but we can get a person started in the home-based childcare business for almost no investment themselves. There are mm. there are classes that are required. We can cover that tuition, provide for that. So we're we're doing a lot of things to make it easy for people to start this business. We need to, you know, we've talked a lot about the ARPA funds, but especially for those home-based providers, the Women's Fund of Door County yes. and the um, Rotary Club of Sturgeon Bay have been great in helping you with efforts with yes, those two. Absolutely. Um, Rotary provides funds so that I can do, I call them activity kits every quarter. So I bring the home-based providers a bag full of toys and games that are developmentally appropriate for the children in their care. So they get art supplies, they get sorting and stacking kinds of things. They get, for spring, we did outdoor sorts. So they got binoculars and, and nets to catch butterflies with and, and sand toys. And so we, we also, you don't have to have a whole sort of storeroom full of toys and things for children to play with. We will also help build your inventory of those Mm. kinds of things. And we know that children like to play with natural sorts of loose kinds of things, even things that you might have in your house that are old tools or nuts and bolts and things like Mm. that. Children's imaginations will fly with those kinds of things. So you don't have to be a school to open a child care center in your own home. We really will help with a lot of that. And a lot of it also is just natural things that people probably have in their homes. In an ideal world, let's say you're sitting here from two years from now, like how many people taking up like a home-based business like this would, would contribute? Well, this is what we know. We know that there are about a thousand children under the age of five in Door County, five and under in Door County. And we know that we have about 300 licensed or regulated child care slots available. So the, between the child care centers and then a um, home-based provider can either be licensed or certified, mm. or they can be unregulated. That's also a choice. But when we talk about it, when we talk about that number, we're talking about the child care centers and the licensed or certified home-based providers. So we know we have about 300 of those, a little bit less than that. And then there are 187 children enrolled in 4K. So those numbers together leave about half of those children under five that have an undetermined amount of care right now. Mm. And if you think that a home-based child provider can have eight children in their homes, That's a lot of home-based providers that we need still. We will have the new center opening up, which will increase that number and take us up to closer to about 350 spots that will be available. But we could have 20 home-based providers and and still have children that would be available and, and looking for care. So there's plenty so, of demand for the business. There's absolutely money. plenty of demand. And even if, you know, if you're a a grandparent who's already taking care of, you know, one or two grandkids and they're like, well, maybe I could take two more. Right. 
that would help, right? You yes. know, and you know, like Molly said, all those resources are there. So yeah, now is the time. So those ARPA funds all have to be spent, some by the end of 24, some by June of 25. That rotary money should last another few years of the grant we got. And the Women's Fund is on board for the long term. But like the education piece, it was big pieces like that fence cost, those sorts of things. Now's the time to contact us if you're at all thinking about that because it's, I mean, yes, there's a few strings attached, but it really is free money. Right. right. <laughs> Molly and is going to follow up with you every once in a while and want to talk to you. If you but, just do it for yeah. a couple of years, you got a great playground in your backyard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, no, we also know it's not going to necessarily be your job, but it might be, I just had a baby. I can't find childcare, so I can't go back to work. I now have to be a stay-at-home mom. What can I do? How do I supplement right. it, maybe? Yeah, and so this is a way you can make some income, get some further education, and help a community problem. And who knows? Maybe uh, one of those in-home child care providers 10 years from now happens to be the one who really fell into it and becomes the director of a, right. of a larger center. Yeah, um, you never know. Right. Additionally, the Wisconsin legislature just proposed a bill that would allow in-home providers to be eligible for 4K, as I read it? No, I think the bill is aimed towards bringing that 4K program back to communities. Okay. What they're interested in doing is supporting 4K programs within the child care centers and, and making that funding more fluid. So what the school district would have to do is split the amount equally between the child care center and the school. Okay. So it, it it structures the funding so that because right now Gibraltar, for instance, the Northern Dark Child Center is susceptible to whatever amount Gibraltar decides to give them for the 4K program. This bill would require the community to split the school district to split the money equally between the child care center and the school, the allotted money. So it establishes some guidelines for the funding and it supports community-based 4K programs more than they have been. It, it sort of is bringing it back to a place where they kind of took it away initially. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. What other stuff is in the works here? Well, uh, <laughs> she looks at <laughs> me across <laughs> the room, folks, <laughs> with the <laughs> big sigh. So you've heard so, us mention a new center. Yeah. Um, so with Door Community Child Development Center, DOCO, having the new, brand new building on Gordon Road, that left that Barker Road facility on, or Barker Center on Egg Harbor Road facility empty. So we have Children's First Development Center that they are in the process of getting their 501c3, getting their board of directors, hiring staff, and they hope to open in June. So we're super excited about that. And yes, another capital campaign for those of you <laughs> following along. <laughs> but you can see what those campaign funds result in so directly. I mean, there's a lot of things you can give to. There's a lot of, th we have a lot of capital campaigns in, yes. in Door County for a, a lot of incredible causes, but it is really rewarding to walk in. In my case, I take my kids in the Northern Door Children's Center and you just see a room where that's full of kids that didn't exist one year ago. Mm -hmm. That's right. serving this community and allowing them to take on. And then I, later that day, I might be at a meeting or at a bar or at a coffee shop talking to a friend who's desperate for childcare and they're on the wait list. And then like two weeks later, you see them dropping their kid off and you see the relief on their face and you go like, that's because somebody gave to this. That's because these people mm -hmm. put in the work, whether it be 
the director of that Northern Door Children's Center or in the case when I was down there for the opening of the Doco Child Development Center, you know, that is owed almost entirely to the work of the United Way. So kudos, Amy, to you and your staff, you know, for people who don't know, like that, that grant was done through United Way yes. and, and based on the work that you guys have been doing. So that is just a huge gift to this community. I don't know where else would have funneled that money in. Yeah, we're very thankful for the community that worked with us for that year leading up to that grant application. So we were positioned to do that. And, you know, and now what's going to be the fun part or the hair pulling part, I'm not sure, is trying different business practices, essentially, for the next 16 months with the staff over there at DOCO on what are other ways money can come into that center to replace that loss of that 4K program like you were Mm -hmm. talking about earlier. So, you know, what else can be done in that space? So the room that we had the ribbon cutting in is a room that can be rented out by anybody. So you can rent that room for your kid's birthday party. Um, And they actually are selling birthday party packages. And one of our other staff member, her grandkids are somewhere in Illinois, and she said, oh, this is a huge thing where we live. This is where the grandkids actually have Mm. all their birthday parties. But then also looking at that space, like, can we be offering weekend care in that space? After hours care in that space? Maybe not quite to sick care, as we were talking earlier. But we know second shift care and weekend care with the hospitality industry is a huge unmet need as well. It is pretty remarkable how, in a community that thrives on tourism, we still... A lot of these services are nine to five. And that goes, it's not right. just, that's not a knock on the child care centers. No. They don't have enough staff. Right. But right. if they could get enough, I'm like, you could probably charge a premium to have like even two days a week where you said, all right, we can take up to eight kids and we'll babysit them. You know how many parents would probably pay a premium <laughs> dollar just to be able to go out to dinner or to go to an event or yeah. if they work in the evenings to just, you know, there's a lot of gap coverage that's needed there. And that yeah. is an option for a home-based mm-hmm. provider as well. We had right. one of the people who came to the meeting last week has a full-time job. She actually works in childcare and somehow doesn't get enough in the course of her day. <laughs> and so she is thinking of she'd like to take in kids in the evenings and the weekends. And I, I was jumping for joy at that idea because there is such a need for it. And in a community like ours with the service industry, people work in the hospital, people work alternative sorts of hours, and there's a huge need for that in this community. So home-based providers can also provide care at alternative times if that works better for their schedule. That's a really great point. Yeah, I mean, maybe, you know, you have your traditional job and you just want to two nights a week again, you know, offer that service, make some Mm -hmm. extra money. You know, everybody's talking their side hustle these days, right? So what's your side hustle, you know? (laughs) Oh, Friday night, I offer childcare in my home. And we've talked about like that concierge childcare for our tourists as well. Oh, yeah. You know, because we know some hotels, you know, have a list of approved babysitters, but you don't really know, right? If you're traveling and you check into the hotel in Chicago and they're like, here's a list of babysitters, you can go to dinner. You're like, hmm don't know. Um, <laughs> but if it was a child care provider who's either home-based and is licensed or regulated or is renting space from, for example, DOCO, you know then there's a lot of assurances and insurance behind that. The Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Medical Center. 
Are you looking for a job with excellent benefits, culture, and potential for advancement through tuition reimbursement programs? Door County Medical Center is hiring. For more than 75 years, Door County Medical Center has been the leader in health and wellness for Door and Kiwani counties. Their integrated medical center provides a wide range of specialties, including primary care, behavioral health, general surgery, the Women and Children's Center, the Door Orthopedic Center, the Door County Cancer Center, and more. To join the team, apply today at dcmedical.org careers. So what you're saying basically is if somebody wants to get into it, Amy has pre-written business plans for you. <laughs> Amy has a lot of ideas yeah. in her head. <laughs> and Molly does too. Yeah. But yeah, we would love to just talk to anyone. We're open to any ideas. You know, what you're hearing here are just some ideas, but you might have your own idea. So right. reach out, schedule a meeting with us. Evenings, weekends, that's all options too because we know people are busy. How should people reach out to you if they're interested? They can reach out to me at uh, molly at unitedwaydc.com, or they can call me at 920-421-3149. She remembered. She looked at me across the room. (laughs) This is the joy of the podcast. She don't know what she's doing. Um, And Um, if you forget all of that, just look up United Way online or in the phone book if you're still a phone book user. Um, (laughs) And it's 920-746-9645 or on our website, the generic info at that lands in my inbox. One of us will get back to you within a day. There is a dedicated child care page on the United Way website all right, as well, which will give you more information there. And it gives you a click through that so that I'll get the response. And you know, one thing we didn't talk about, and that is the wages for this industry. And it's another place where we've made progress. Unfortunately, like inflation and some of the other costs have kind of, and the cost of housing especially has kind of eaten away at some of that progress. But like, I know with Alexis and her center in Sturgeon Bay, They've made it a big focus to improve the the quality of life for their employees and the wages. I know Northern Door Children's Center has done the same to try and attract and retain people. The housing component is a whole other podcast, you know, but that's a huge piece of it. And probably a podcast I'll do with Amy because she's involved in that too. (laughs) (laughs) I get to hang out here again. (laughs) No, I mean, it is. You know, the centers for the most part are paying well. They started offering benefits in the last few years. Some of that funded by ARPA funds, some funded by Child Care Counts funds. So the centers and their boards are really trying to figure out how they're going to maintain that Mm -hmm. once Child Care Counts is gone. But yeah, I think, Molly, that's the big push is to let people know you can start this job at $18, $20 an hour. Absolutely. You can make a livable wage now working in child care, have a full-time job, have benefits. Our child care centers are offering vision, health, and other benefits for their employees now. So it's a good job that you can get working in the centers. And just a few years ago, I mean, we were talking about $11, $12 an hour, right. which is like non-starter right. now. Right. Well, right. in this, but, you right. know, pre-COVID, that was comparable to other industries, but at least here in Door County, we all know housekeeping jobs went through the roof. Other jobs that support our tourist industry are starting at 
$25-$30 an hour. So childcare had to also stay competitive. But these are trained early educators. You know, right. they are not necessarily equivalent to your four-year licensed teacher in a public school, but they are educated professionals. They absolutely are. And one of the things that I say is that 90% of brain development occurs between the ages of zero and five. So these people are having a huge impact on not only the life of a child, but on the future of our workforce, on the future of our community, because the experiences that a child has in those early formative years absolutely shape the adult that they become. So it is a valued profession, a really valued profession. It is essential for the future of our community. And there is really no better job to take if you want to make a difference, not only today in the life of a child, but in the future of your community. There is no better investment than in childcare because you are investing in your community. You're investing in the workforce. You're investing in the future of the community. It's, it's a, an essential, essential piece of who we are and who we're going to become. Well, I think you just summed it up incredibly well. And I got to say, like, myself, when I drop my, my, my kids are so much better off that they have Judy and Marshall and Doug and Dinka and, and Tiffany and Eric at the daycare center than if they just had me. Like, <laughs> like they are so much better kids because of that, because of the things they are learning and the, the skills that they are getting from them that I wouldn't. A, know about or B, know how to teach them. And I'm just incredibly grateful. And I'm, in, I'm grateful for the work that you guys do to try and make this better for other families. I'm fortunate enough to have found a slot. And, you know, I just can't imagine other people who are struggling with this and so many of the parents I've talked to trying to figure out childcare and childcare slots and potentially giving up their career for a while or forever. And, you know, there's just a lot of stress that it puts on families. So, Thank you for the work you do on it, and thank you for the work that Amy. I know uh, we'll talk about housing in probably five minutes. So <laughs> that too. But well, thank you. Thanks for jumping on the podcast and talking about this. With thanks me. for having us, Miles. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. This podcast is produced by Miles Danhausen Jr. and edited by Rachel Lucas. If you want to help us continue to create more great episodes just like this one, visit our website at doorcountypulse.com.